Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Saw Something Scary. Jeff Wright, Derek Zoo, back here with you guys this week, getting ready for Zombie Land Double Tap, which is premiering this weekend. If you're listening to this uh, when it comes out, so we decided to go way back in the time machine to ten years ago when things were a little bit brighter and review Zombie Land the original. Jeff, what's going on, man? How are you, Derek Zoo, baby? Two episodes in two days. This is uh, this is a new one for us, I think. Yeah, man, this is getting crazy. Yeah. I'm doing okay. I actually saw Double Tap last night. Okay. Yeah. So All right. uh I don't wanna I don't wanna overhype or spoil anything, but I was generally favorable. Good. Good. I've I've read good reviews. I've read that it's <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I've read that it's a lot like the original. Um, so uh, I look forward to seeing it sometime this weekend and uh, us being able to reconvene early next week and, and put that one in the can too. So me too. And it was so I watched Zombieland from 2009 yesterday while I was editing a podcast, and then I mm-hmm. uh, watched Double Tap last night. It was a it was a good time. Like I enjoyed going back to Zombieland. Yeah. Well, good, man. I'm glad to hear that. I've got some stuff I want to talk to you about, about the first one. And then I also want to talk to you about, um, well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and throw it out right now. Did you ever see the uh, trailer, excuse me, the pilot for the or Amazon original series of Zombieland? Uh, no, I didn't. In fact, until you just mentioned it, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, I had forgotten about it, too, until I started doing research on Zombieland, the original. Um and I, I had never gotten around to watching it either, but it doesn't have as, as favorable of uh, reviews as the movies do. But I also remember people were really um, surprised that it didn't go to series. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was just one episode. Is that right? Yes. I believe when Amazon started doing like original series, I, I want to say that they did like four pilots. And they said, hey, you choose which one we take the series. And Zombieland wasn't picked up in that in that original bunch, um, even to, to the extent that like uh, Rhett Reese, uh, who's the writer of Zombieland, I think he may be even the writer of like the Deadpool movies and stuff, went to Twitter and blamed the fans for the series not continuing. Really? Um, yeah, he quoted he's quoted on Twitter saying, you guys have successfully hated it out of existence. <laughs> Well, so I'm looking at the IMDb page. Um, you're right about your scenario. I, I can remember that Amazon, when they were trying to get into content creation, was kind of crowdsourcing what would go forward. Mm-hmm. And I can't really remember what came out of that initial competition. But, you know, to sing the song, it's all coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like they recast Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock, which seems like a stupid move right out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't know there would be a sequel someday, but... Set it in the world of Zombieland. Don't don't try to don't try to uh, fake Razor and fake Diesel us on this. Yeah, well said. Um, and I believe that they even retconned Tallahassee's backstory, oh. if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just reading about it, um, which is one of the things that makes you connect with that character so much in this first movie. For sure. So I don't I don't get it, but I mean, I guess there's a reason why it didn't last. <laughs> yeah, what a what a bad decision. Yeah. So R.I.P. Zombieland the series. I'm glad that you never went to existence. Yeah, that's, this is true. This is true. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Zombieland. Man, I watched this movie in theaters ten years ago, and I fell in love with this movie. I had no idea that I would enjoy it as much as I did because I think that we've talked about this before when we reviewed like Shaun of the Dead and, and even um, that god awful Sturgill Simpson movie that we watched a couple weeks ago. Just, um, don't, just don't associate that with Sturgill, okay? Just for my heart's sake. He's he's okay. not the problem, please. Um, that got, that got awful. Bill Murray movie that we reviewed go. a couple weeks ago. Um, the the dead stay dead or the dead won't die or yeah, I, it was something like that. Stupid movies um, won't die. <laughs> yeah. Why did these movies keep getting made? Um, I, I'm not the biggest zombie fan. Um, you know, I checked out on The Walking Dead probably in the second season. Um, I I I remember you and I watched one of the zombie movies at your house to review for this podcast. And I just sat there and laughed the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so they've never really been my bag, but uh, Shaun of the Dead brought me around. And I really remember that this movie was the one where I was like, okay, well, if this is how we're going to do it, then let's, you know, let's make a million of these things. You know, remarkably similar here. I've talked on here before about how horror comedy just isn't my thing. And Shaun of the Dead is about as far as I can go uh, and really enjoy that. This movie is the sweet spot. Uh, It's, you know, it's not... um 
it, it it's not oblivious to what it is. Like this is a very self-aware zombie movie, right? But it's also a zombie movie. It's not primarily a comedy. So it's a it's a horror movie that has strong comedic elements rather than a comedy based on horrific elements. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes all the difference for me. Yeah, there's there's definitely um there's definitely that that uh <laughs> oh man, I can't I can't talk this morning. Uh, there's definitely that division uh where you can see like, oh okay, this is this is a different kind of like comedic uh horror movie. Yeah. This isn't uh <clears throat> no offense to you Tucker and Dale fans, but this isn't Tucker and Dale. Yes, and, and I'm like you, I don't want to take a shot at that. It's just it is the sort of movie we're talking about where they wanted to make a comedy and they happen to use the you know the horror elements to to make the comedy move forward that's fine i don't it's just not my jam yeah yeah i agree i'm the same way with that uh would you say or actually you know before we go for any further Wahlberg. what no spoiler alert man getting that overtime in today i'm telling you man uh would you say that this is your favorite jesse eisenberg role Ah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, he was really good in uh, the Social Network, right, or whatever that movie was called about Facebook. Social Social Network, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, that kind of put me on the spot there. Uh, I guess so. I, I I can't think of anything I like better off the top of my head. What What about you? Yeah. I'm assuming you you've thought about that one. Yeah, uh, I this was. I think this was the first movie that I remember seeing Jesse Eisenberg in, and I really liked him. Uh-huh. Uh, I really liked him in The Social Network, and then I don't. Well, you know what? Now that I've said that, uh, I'm I'm second guessing myself. I think Now You See Me is my favorite Jesse Eisenberg role. Okay, so I didn't see Now You See Me, but I did see the movie he made right before Zombieland. I'm, I'm made it over to his IMDb page finally. Um, he was in a movie with. Uh, the girl from Twilight. What? Why do I associate her with that? Um, Kristen you talking Stewart. about Anna Kendrick? Oh, Kristen Stewart. Okay. Yeah, he was in a movie, I think, with Kristen Stewart called Adventureland set in this... Uh, right. You know, Theme park. Theme park, yeah, ironically enough. And it was really good. So it's either going to be Adventureland or Zombieland for me. I can tell you what my least favorite role of his is. <laughs> I believe you and I have the same th- thought on this. <laughs> does it involve Superman? It does involve Superman. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate him trying to go there for that Lex Luthor character, but it was the wrong guy doing the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much like uh, Leto's Joker. Wrong guy, wrong uh, wrong approach. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I, yeah, I think I didn't see Adventureland until after this movie. So I'm pretty sure that Zombieland was the first, the first instance I had with him. Um, but the guy is really, he's made a name for himself. He's, he's had some really great movies, um, but he's also had some stankers. Yeah. But I guess that's everybody, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think the I think the Lex Luger stink has just uh, Lex Luther. Did I say Lex Luger? It's okay if you did. That's totally <laughs> yeah. acceptable. Either way, uh, I think the Lex Luther stink has kind of clouded my judgment on Jesse Eisenberg to where I thought that I hated him a lot more than I did. Yeah. But now looking back at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I loved him in like the now you see me, you know, now you see me movies and and uh, in this movie and um, the Social Network and you know a couple other movies. So. Uh, it just goes to show you that like one role can damage your <laughs> damage you in the eyes of the layman, right? One hundred percent. I think I still have a more favorable, I guess, evaluation of him than you do. Mm-hmm. But that that stupid Lex Luthor turn was bad enough to kind of sour. You know, it could sour you on the best actor of his generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, man, where do you want you want to go? Uh, I don't have much bad to talk about in this movie. So, should we just you know, good, bad, ugly? Like, where, where do you want to start out? Yeah, I don't have much bad to say either. I I don't think I've seen this movie more than twice. I, I know I watched it in the theater, and I feel like I watched it at home with my wife, but I can't even remember that for sure. Uh, and this was well, I mentioned it already. This was a pleasant return, but it was like. It was more pleasant than I expected. Like, I think it had been the right, right amount of time and the right amount of distance for me to, to even feel like some of the stuff was fresh again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I had forgotten that the text of the rules showed up, uh, you know, as he's talking about them. Okay. And I had forgotten that when a rule is broken and someone dies, it splashes the rules with blood. And yeah. I thought, That's a neat little visual effect. I, I guess I had just forgotten about that. Yeah, I uh, I love the rules, and I, I always did love that effect, too. So I also thought the opening with him going through the gas station, um, 
I thought it was well done. I can't remember how fresh this movie felt, although I, I seem to remember thinking like, this is a movie made by people who like zombie movies for people who like zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Eisenberg is doing the cardio thing, hustling away from the, the chasing zombie, gets to his car and drops the keys and just takes off running again to circle back. I remember thinking like, mm-hmm. okay, I have found my zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think that was the thing about this movie that made it so fresh, you know, because we're so used to the same tropes in all of the horror genre. And so to see somebody that's um, self-referential uh-huh. and almost goes, you know, like, look, hey, I we've seen zombie movies before. We know, like, we know what the tropes are and we're going to try to turn them on their head. I thought it was really refreshing to see. I completely agree. And I know that like Shaun of the Dead had been out before. So it's not like this is the first self-aware uh, zombie movie or whatever. But yeah. I think it's probably the best one I had seen that wasn't trying to be just a farce. Yes. Uh, and and yeah. Eisenberg is really good in this. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I would think of him as a lead, but he he really handled his business. Yeah, he does. He does a really great job playing the um, nerdy, naive what hero in training? I guess sure. Uh, nerd forced out of his comfort zone. Yeah, because you know he's, he's ultimately he has to face his fears at the end of this movie, and you know to not only save the day, save the girl, but get the family that he's always wanted. So yeah. Yeah. it's a really great story arc for him, for sure. Uh, I also know that at the time I was watching this, I was surprised by how much I liked Woody Harrelson. Okay, I think at that time. Maybe the most recent thing I had seen him in, gosh, No Country for Old Men. Oh. And so I he just hadn't been in my life. And before No Country, I don't know I don't know what I was watching that had uh had him in it. I, I'm sure I saw the Austin Powers movie. I didn't really watch Frasier or Will and Grace, and so he was just totally off my radar. And for him to show up as a really fun, compelling character who turns out to have a little bit more depth to him uh, than we initially expect. I, I do remember distinctly being really surprised that Woody Harrelson was back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's different from me. I've always <clears throat> I've always enjoyed Woody Harrelson and have always he always seems to pop up in uh, random places. You know, like right now, he's I don't know if you know this or not, but he's doing uh, Joe Biden on SNL. Oh, is he really? That's great. Yeah. And he is killing it. I mean, it's not a it's not an every week occurrence, but most of the time when they're doing these town hall debates and stuff for the Democrats, uh, Woody shows up as Joe Biden and he's got these megawatt fake teeth that you could probably see from space. And it's I mean, it's it as far as a parody goes, it's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the thing that I I love the most about Woody Harrelson. And he doesn't get the credit. I don't think that he deserves for being as diverse as he is, because, I mean, think about in the last five years, Woody Harrelson has done. Uh, True Detective. He's done Zombieland Two. All those he's Hunger Games movies. The Hunger Game movies. Yeah. He's uh, you know now he's a <clears throat> excuse me he's a semi regular on SNL. Like he's just so diverse and he does such a great job in all those things. I've never I've seen some bad Woody Harrelson movies. I, I know we've said this about several other actors before, but um, I've seen some bad Woody Harrelson movies. But I don't think that I've ever seen Woody Harrelson be bad in a movie. Yeah. In fact, he's well. I've got a point about this that I have in my notes. I want to talk to you about in just a second, but to diversity and like um, bankability, he's going to be good in whatever he's in. Yes. Uh, did you see Three Billboards back in 2017? And that movie got a lot of hate. I loved it. And I thought he was super uh, as basically the dying sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was great in Solo, but I also loved him in The Highwaymen. I don't know if you caught that. It's a Netflix original with Kevin Costner. I haven't had the chance to yet. No. It, it's a Bonnie and Clyde movie set from the perspective of the people hunting them down. And it's kind of like a Western in that sense. Okay. He, he plays this uh, down-on-his-luck, drunk, former uh, lawman. And dude, surprise, surprise, he's great. And so yeah. I, the thing I'm going to push back on, though, is don't you feel like kind of the Woody Harrelson renaissance began with Zombieland? Like him showing up and stuff and you being pleasantly surprised? Don't we, don't we go back to Zombieland and see that is where it started? Probably, yeah. Because I'm just looking back through here. There's a string of movies I've never even heard of. Defendor, The Messenger. Uh, I, I heard of Seven Pounds, but I didn't watch it. Uh, Semi-Pro, heard of it, didn't watch it. Like, 
of course, he was in No Country for Old Men, but before that, he just wasn't in anything that was on my radar. And I kind of feel like this this movie said, y'all need to reconsider using Woody Harrelson. Like, he's not just sitting mm-hmm. off smoking weed somewhere. I'm going to probably say that No Country for Old Men was probably that renaissance. Yeah, maybe. Um, I do know that. I watched Semi-Pro, and I thought he was great in it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um that's a you know it's a Will Ferrell movie for those of you that don't know. Um, Seven Pounds was good, and he's he's really good in Seven Pounds as well. Um, but yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that's where I think that's where people may have looked at Woody and went, oh, "Okay, Woody Harrelson's a bank bankable movie star again. Let's start putting him in stuff." Yeah, yeah. Well, so here's the here's the point for my notes. I wanted to to raise with you. I think it's a point of irony. I kind of feel like Woody Harrelson is a version of Bill Murray. Okay, where like you said, he just shows up in the oddest places. He's really versatile. You know, the, the, when Bill Murray showed, um, what was that movie he made where he was basically overseas and he was, uh, he was falling in love with this younger woman. Um, anyway, he, when he started doing dramatic stuff, we were like, holy cow, Bill Murray can do dramatic stuff. Um, and he's just always lost good. in translation. Yes, that's it. Lost in translation. Um, and he's always good. And I kind of mm-hmm. feel like in the same way this movie honors Murray as a national treasure. Mm-hmm. I think we're on the road to that with Woody Harrelson. I don't think I would have known that in 2009, but 10 years later, I kind of feel like that's that's his arc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that you've said that, that's a really good point. Uh, I think that you're I think that you're onto something there. Um, we'll see. But <clears throat> yeah. I, I see parallels. How, how, I see parallels. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That, that's why I was just sitting here thinking, like, how crazy is it that a movie that, that heralds Bill Murray as, you know, a national treasure really turns Woody Harrelson into one as well? Yeah, I think that's. That's very much a part of what this movie did for Woody Allen's public persona. Yeah. Did I say Woody Allen? Oh, my gosh. Woody Harrelson. Yikes. Yeah, it's not even early this morning, but we're struggling. <laughs> um, yeah. I I also want to say that I think this is the movie that solidified my crush on Emma Stone. Oh, dude. It is such a, you know, a star is born moment for her. <laughs> she is incredible. She's lovely. She's charming. She's funny. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, she, <clears throat> excuse me, she really ties this movie together and it is insane to see her, uh, body of work since this movie. Uh-huh, for sure. You know, the, the next big thing that she was in was Easy A, and then she goes on to be in, you know, Friends with Benefits with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, Crazy Stupid Love, The Help, of course, um, those god-awful Spider-Man movies. Which she um, was not the problem in. She was not the problem in, no. And then, of course, she did Birdman, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, you know, La La Land, I know got a lot of pushback, but she's she is far and away the best part of La La Land. Absolutely. She makes you fall in love with her in La La Land. It, it's why I can't stand that movie in retrospect because that fool should have done whatever it took to stay with her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, did you ever see uh, Battle of the Sexes with her and Steve Carell? You know, I haven't. I'm going to. It's just one of those movies. I was like, I definitely need to watch that, and it slipped through my, you know, my my watching schedule. But I, I will track it down probably because we have just reviewed Zombieland, and I want more Emma Stone in my life. Yeah, it's it's great. I watched it last year and uh, absolutely loved it. She does a great job playing Billie Jean King. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And I, I heard good things about The Favorite. I, that's not my movie, you know, um, but I heard that she was great in that, too. So anything that you hear that she's done well, kind of like we're talking about with Woody Harrelson, uh, you're not surprised. You you would be surprised if somebody was like, you know, who really kind of drug that thing down? Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking back at it, man, it's really kind of crazy to see just the depth of talent that the four main characters in this movie have. You know, we've we've watched Abigail Breslin grow up. Um, and, you know, she's still she's still um, a pretty big force. And then, of course, you know, Jesse Eisenberg is has become a big star. And Emma Stone, obviously, is an Oscar winner. And, you know, all four of these people are Oscar nominated actors. So, and you know, you probably heard, I, I think, you know. Oh, yeah. The only, uh, I guess you, oh, you uh, I was just, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, I guess you just don't think that watching this movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know that they're all talented, but I don't think that any of us would have guessed like the level that it was going to go to. Yeah, so that really raises the Abigail Breslin issue for me because I mean she's 12 or whatever in this movie, so it's not like she could 
I don't know. It's just asking too much to ask her to kind of be on par with that that trio. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if Abigail Breslin hasn't peaked. I loved her in Signs. I loved her in Little Miss Sunshine. She's fine in this movie. But like since then, have you been? I don't know. Have you been intrigued with what she's been doing? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So what's she in that I should check out? Uh, I really enjoyed the show Scream Queens. Okay. Um, it's a it's a real cheeky kind of. Um, horror anthology where uh, it's basically uh, a sorority is being um, is being gunned down by this serial killer, and they're trying to figure out who the serial killer is and and stuff. And uh, I thought she did a really great job in that series. I think I think I only watched the first season. I don't think I got around to watching the second season, but uh, the first season I thought was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, but besides that, I guess that is really the only thing that I've I know her from uh, in the last several years. I think that she's also trying to do some music. Okay. So maybe that's where a lot of her ta- like a lot of her time and talent are going to right now is in in her music career. Well, I mean, if that's the case, more power to her, and that would explain why she's kind of been off my radar. But yeah. just kind of scrolling through the IMDb page for this this film, it, I don't know. It seems kind of glaring to me that. She's in this movie. Like I would say, even Amber Heard, who played the hot neighbor, has had a better run following this movie than Breslin has. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. But um, I do, I do think that if anyone uh, enjoys this, you know, if anyone enjoys Zombieland, I think that you would enjoy Scream Queens as well because it's it's a it's a fun little cheeky like. Um, you know, anthology series. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Uh, Emma Roberts is in it. Leah Michelle. It's it was it was fun. I really did okay. enjoy. I really did enjoy watching it. So I recommend it to other people. Okay, I'll probably try and check that out too. Then, uh, do you want to talk about Bill Murray? I always want to talk about Bill Murray. So yet again, I feel like this movie changed my perception of Bill Murray. Like I think I'd forgotten a little bit about Bill Murray, and this movie put him back in my life. Um, and it also kind of like. It it just taught me that like self awareness from A listers was a thing that could be could be used uh, in very profitable fashion. I guess is the thing I'm you know uh, concluding here. Like when he when he drops the line about <laughs> any regrets and he says that ah, maybe Garfield yeah uh, that was perfect. I mean it yeah. was just it was perfect. Yeah, it's I think that this was the movie that made Bill Murray um go from celebrated A-list actor to myth. Oh yeah, because that, I, that's I, well said. I, I feel like this is the movie that like after this movie came out is when all the Bill Murray stuff started happening where like he would pop into random weddings or you know, you would hear all these stories about Bill Murray doing this and looking at people and being like no one's going to believe you and just walk off and uh I, yeah, I feel like that that really didn't come into the forefront of our uh, pop culture until until this movie came out. Uh, and I'm glad that it happened because I, I love all these Bill Murray uh, stories and mythologies and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think what was going on for me is that I had assumed that Bill was going to be making Wes Anderson movies from here on out. Mm-hmm. And I get why people are into Wes Anderson, particularly the visuals, but his his movies are just not for me. I'm not his audience. And I, I guess I had just assumed like, well, that's what Bill's doing now. Good for Bill. He's he's proved that he can act seriously. He's proved uh, that he's a go-to for comedy. Yeah. If he wants to make artsy stuff with Wes Anderson, more power to him. Yeah. And to have him just show up in this and do something that's uh, comedic, dram- comedic, dramatic acting was was fun. And even just the the idea that the <laughs> the prank on uh, on Columbus went sideways and he got shot in the chest. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, seriously, it caught me by uh, the biggest surprise. I, I know that I expected like, hey, dude, you're not going to walk up on somebody with a gun and try to pretend you're a zombie. But that they yeah. went ahead and shot him in the chest and had him do a dialogue as he's dying. I just mm-hmm. I, I, it, that was probably the thing that set the hook in my mouth for Zombieland more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, it is definitely one of the the best scenes in the entire movie. Um, and that's not to discredit any of the other any of the other parts of the movie, but I just remember that standing out and me being like, oh, I want to I want 
to be in this world a little bit longer. Um, you know, a- after the after the credits enrolled, I was like, oh, I I would like to go back and, and revisit that really soon. Um, yeah, he he does a great job in this movie, and it's it was it's so nice to see him. I love just random uh, non promoted Bill Murray cameos. Sure. Uh, the the other one that I remember, it, you never did watch Parks and Rec, did you? Oh yes, my friend. So okay, uh, Parks and Rec is actually this is my hot take for the episode. I think Parks and Rec has surpassed The Office for me. That's not a hot take, son. That's gospel truth. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be talking to someone saying everybody in my social circles uh, tells me I'm I'm an idiot for that conclusion. Well, so, you're just hanging out with the wrong people, Jeffrey. The, hey, look, the first season is weaker, uh, maybe than anything except for the last couple seasons of The Office. But season two on, that thing is the highest quality network television I've ever seen. So, uh, And it just builds. And yeah, it just exactly. gets better. Every it gets season. better yep. and better and better. Yep. So anyway, I love some Parks and Rec. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't for sure. Uh, there's several people in my social circles that have never seen Parks and Rec. Oh my and gosh. It blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't like talking to them much, but I do because <laughs> they're, you know, they're lifelong friends. Uh, anyway, I, um, man, I, I want to get on a big tangent about that now, but I'm not going to. Uh, I will say that it took everything in my power not to buy all the merchandise that they had at the NBC store of Parks and Rec. Oh, I bet. Um, what? So since we're sidebar, I just want to note, of all my students, like you, you talk about somebody who's graduating high school the last two years down, mm-hmm. they're all in the office cult. And I don't think many of them are watching Parks and Rec. And I'm like, guys, guys, listen, you leave when Michael leaves, come back and watch the last season, and then just go watch Parks and Rec and see it done well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't hate The Office, but like... I really do feel like you're talking about 1.0, 2.0. Yeah. So I'll, I'll Man, climb I'll, off my box. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, anybody that says that The Office after Michael Scott leaves is better than Parks and Rec should not be uh, somebody that you ever talk to ever again. <laughs> Self-discrediting. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm talking about the guy who, in my social circles, was one of the first people to get on The Office train and love it. And I tried to like bring as many, I tried to proselytize as many people as I could to be a part of the office fandom. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and I stuck with it through the entire, uh, you know, through the entire run. But I remember like eight, like seasons eight and nine, I was like, oh, just put a bullet in this thing, man. It's over. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not as good. And, uh, when they, when they, uh, tried to shoehorn that Jim and Pam divorce saga uh-huh. into it, it just, uh, it was just the most cringeworthy, Thing. But now the crazy thing is, is like people have retroactively started hating Jim and Pam. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen the memes about what a psycho she is and stuff. This and, is the darkest timeline, dude. Yeah, and just for just for uh, kicks and giggles, when I was driving back from from uh, Tennessee a couple weeks ago after my New York trip, I put up a, a meme that said that Pam Beasley was the villain, just uh-huh. to see what people would think about it, just to see who would come to her defense and who would like get hot about it and stuff. And what surprised me was most of the people agreed with what was being said about Pam Beasley. Yikes! Yikes! I will say this. Christy still loves The Office and we'll go back and watch it as like going to bed stuff, you know, and uh, I'll catch some of it here and there. It, it is really good. I don't think it could get made today. Yeah. Uh, it, it is surprisingly not PC. <laughs> uh, yeah. But having said all that, I think, the you know, if we were like, you know, those evolutionary uh, memes like here's the primate, here's the upright human, here's the full human. Yeah. You've got the British The Office. Uh, next phase of development is the English, uh, excuse me, the English, the American office and then the full grown prime uh, the full grown homo sapien is parks and rec and yeah. i'll defend that um so send your hate tweets to at right jeff I do think though, I that we, you. I think we, we initially start got here by talking about Bill Murray, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, I, I, uh, I will say that uh, I don't know if you can hear them or not, but my dogs are very upset with your hot take. Ah, puppies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they are. They are not having it. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll go this far, and this, and send your hate tweets to at Derek Zoo. Uh, Parks and Rec and The Good Place are better than The Office. Oh, okay. Well, we're we're just kind of wading into a good place. So I will I'll evaluate that and come back. The good place doesn't have the longevity of the office uh, or parks or for that matter. But as far as quality of episodes, uh, it, nothing beats it. Huh. Okay. Okay. So uh, and it took everything in my power not to buy all the good place merchandise at the NBC store as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just need to work at the NBC store so that I can get all the Afford. discounts. Yeah, yeah. That would be for the best. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so the tangent that we're on, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Bill Murray uh, on Parks and Rec. And it, when he pops up as Mayor Gunderson in one of the last episodes, I, that popped me bigger than anything in the world. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just so great. And so I, I feel like that the, those kinds of cameos started with this. Yeah, and and like you've already alluded to, you hear these like urban legend style stories start leaking out where uh you know he has a he has one phone line that has an answering machine on it and you call it and hope he shows up. I mean just stuff yeah. that uh stuff that's just really hard to believe except hey, guess what? It's actually true. Yeah. He's he's the best. He's Bill F. and Murray. He is, yeah. Uh, so any like any negatives, like any big negatives that you want to talk about with this movie? Well, the only weakness I can kind of put my finger on with this movie is that the trip to the amusement park mm-hmm. doesn't happen if you're a smart zombie land survivor, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it seems to be there just to gratuitously have zombies running around uh, a theme park. Yeah, and not just that, but it it is there to set up the end of the movie. For sure. Like For that's sure. the only reason that they're doing it. Yeah. And yeah. so like I'm not I'm I'm not hating, you know, like I'm I'm happy they did that, but uh yeah, it's the one part that doesn't just make a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you kind of get it from the perspective of uh, Wichita, where she's like, you know, my kid sister has never really had a childhood. Dang it, we're going to this carnival. And we're going to have a good time. You yeah. you get that. But at the same at the same time, you're like, come on, you've you've survived this long by being smart. Don't don't throw that all away for a fleeting moment of what childhood nostalgia. Yes. Yes. Don't turn on a bunch of lights and noise to call every zombie, you know? Yeah. It did feel like really weak storytelling. Like how do we, how do we get, how do we get to where we need to go? Um, and, and I just feel like there's a, there was an easier way to, or there was not necessarily an easier way to do it. I think this is the easiest way to do it, but I think that there, there was probably a better way to do it. And they just, they went with uh, the easy conventional thing. I, I want to own for them that it gave them some really cool stuff. Like, the idea of zombies coming after you while you ride one of those tower rides that, you know, whips you up in the air and then drops you slowly. That's a really cool zombie encounter situation. I guess we hadn't seen. Sure. Um, I thought the, the Woody Harrelson thing where he's, uh, you know, he's just in that booth shooting out of both sides. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of that was great. I just, I just look at it and go, you know, that, that wouldn't happen. Uh, yeah. Wichita's yep. too smart for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, nobody's gonna. Uh, and again, i I see the I see the reasoning behind it. You know, like, hey, I want I want my little sister to have a a cool moment that kind of reminds her that we're not in a hellscape. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but at the same time, you're right. She, uh, Wichita is definitely smarter than that. Wouldn't be doing. Uh, wouldn't do something that what that uh, detrimental to their safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're going to do it, I, I always feel this way. I felt this way about um, A Quiet Place too. but I feel this way in zombie movies. You would just go set off a noise bomb somewhere else to try to sure draw zombies yeah. over there and then go have your fun or whatever. Um, I also think you don't do it when you, you've just bailed on uh, you know your friends. Like You would be like, hey, we're going to ride that ride. Y'all watch our back. Yeah. And all of that's nitpicky, except this movie told us and and delivered that it's about smart people surviving Zombieland, you know. Right. But I appreciate where it ends up. Like, I'm glad Columbus gets a chance to fight, you know, his fears and get the girl and all that. Like, I'm cool with it. It's just the one weakness. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I love the fact that he he does turn into the the hero of the story. You know, after so long saying, like, don't be the hero, don't be the hero, don't be the hero. He finally finds something worth pursuing and worth... Um, worth being the hero for. Yep. So it's a it's a really good arc uh, for that character, and and God bless him. Woody Harrelson gets his Twinkie for sure. Uh, yet another turn that I'd forgotten is when uh, Eisenberg snaps off a shot at the rats and just blows a hole in the yeah the, the Twinkie box. That was really great. Yeah, yeah I'd forgotten about that as well. Um, yeah, I'd also forgotten about the fact that Twinkies were almost you know they were almost uh, extinct at this point. Yeah, it's a true story on that. I may have told it on the podcast though when those things went off the market for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy and I figured out how to make them at home. We only did it one oh, time. Oh. But we were like, you know what? We're going to have Twinkies if we want them, dadgummit. <laughs> and uh, some shortcake and some cream filling later. We we did a pretty good knockoff of the Hostess uh, nice. Hostess Twinkie. So if it ever goes down, if Zombieland ever ever you know comes to America and 
and, and Twinkies are in short supply. Y'all make your way to Middle Tennessee. <laughs> the, you know, public service announcements, all the Tallahassee's out there. Y'all make your way to Walling, Tennessee. We got you covered. Yeah. And, you know, the good news is out there, there probably won't be quite as many zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I see now. I see now why you live in the in the in the sticks. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's all about the zombies. All about the zombies. It makes sense, man. It's a good good point. Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. I want to I want to make sure that we do this this movie justice because it is it is really one of my favorites uh, as far as the horror genre goes, and and probably my favorite horror comedy of all time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I think I'm I'm willing to sign off on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Would you Would you say that? Well, I mean, I hate to put you on the spot right here, but would you say that uh, Zombieland Two is as good as Zombieland, or is it a is it a step above, step below? Where would you Where would you put it? Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm hesitant to go there. I I, I think it is faithful. Let, okay. Can, can, let me just let me put a pin like that and say I think if you like Zombieland, you're gonna like Double Tap. Okay. And uh, I, I just don't want to give anything away or overhype something. Sure. But I'm really excited to talk to you about it too. Good. Good. Well, I'm I'm pumped to see it. I mean, you and I. I think you know we've talked about it what for the last eighteen months on this podcast uh-huh. probably, and so it's it's one of those movies that we've we've hyped and uh, been excited about. So I'm I'm happy that it's here, and uh, I tell you, man, October has really turned into the best month of the year for me this year. So well, good deal, man. Um, it's gonna keep going too because I I think um, one of our Facebook group members who I'm sorry I can't remember your name off the top of my head, but Mr. Michael J. Robinson. Michael Robinson. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Derek, for remembering that. And my apologies again. He noted that Dr. Sleep is going to come out uh, in previews before Halloween, which I thought was uh, a super wise and helpful choice on their part. So yeah. bring it on. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be fun. I don't know if I'll have the opportunity to to be able to watch that before um, or, or during those preview times just because of uh, Christmas time at the Stampede. Uh-huh. But I'm hoping that I'll be able to, to pick up on that and, and uh, make that happen. Yeah. The, the last thing I got for this one is just that going back to a movie from 2009 uh, and hearing them make use of pop culture references, mm-hmm. uh, some of which has kind of they've kind of dropped off my radar. I'm trying to think of one in particular, but I don't know. It's kind of a time capsule in that way, too, to hear her reference uh, certain things as pop culture references. That's a that's an added benefit of watching this movie again 10 years later. Yeah, for sure. Well, just even the, the Twinkie epidemic. Yeah, for sure. Is, uh, you know, is something that when I, I had completely forgotten that that was one of his one of his uh, motivations, uh-huh. you know, for going to where he was going. And when um, when when that popped up and they were talking about, yeah, there's no more Twinkies and stuff. I was like, holy smokes, man, I forgot that we almost lost Twinkies for a half a second. <laughs> yep. we and this is coming from this is coming from a guy who I honest to God, Jeff, I don't think I've ever had a Twinkie. Yeah, they're, they're not a favorite of mine either. It was really just the, the corporate overlords taking them away from me that made me decide I'm going to learn how to make them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're not a fan. I'm not a I'm not a fan so much either but uh who knows maybe you're zombie the, go ahead sorry you're the bootlegger of pastry <laughs> yes that's the walling tradition we bootleg that's right that's great uh it may the be lighthouse they're making hooch in the bathtub but twinkies in the sink yeah uh meth in the shed yeah. oh man i'm sorry forgive me that was just that was really funny yeah i'm glad you uh glad you took us there so the the only conclusion i've got here is that maybe Zombieland not only like relaunched Woody and relaunched Bill and and put Emma Stone into the stratosphere, but maybe it saved the Twinkie too. Yeah, maybe Tallahassee captured just all of our unspoken uh, anguish. Yeah, uh, and can I also say that I'm I would like to put Ruben Fleischer on my short list of best directors in Hollywood. Oh, that makes sense. This is really well done. This is a really well crafted movie for sure. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I mean, of course, he comes back to do Zombieland too, uh, which I. I'm excited to see, but he also directed Venom. Yeah, and you and I are both fans of Venom. Yeah. Uh, also a Woody Harrelson cameo in that one. Yeah. He can do dude, everything. Dude, I can't wait to see him take on uh, Carnage. Me too. I mean, I mean that's going to be that's going to be good stuff. Me too, buddy. Um, also, you know, thinking about the, the conjunction of stars, uh, what was that bowling movie that Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray were in? Uh, oh, man. If you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. I'm going to look that thing up, but... <sighs> 
I guess these Kingpin. guys. Are- Kingpin. Kingpin. Thank you. I own that on DVD for a while. I love that movie. Uh, I guess Woody and Bill is kind of the uh, chocolate and peanut butter combination we should be trying to get more of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kingpin is also a pre-crisis Randy Quaid. <laughs> pre-crisis is the perfect way to describe that. <laughs> yeah, we we lost some good stuff in the post-crisis world. Yeah, and so uh, so it's it's yeah that yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. That, that's one of my that's one of my favorite comedies uh, of the '90s, and so I'm gonna I appreciate you bringing that one back up because I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Yeah, um, it was a good one. Yeah. The image of Quaid sitting on a urinal is one that I will I'll just never be able to forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I sometimes think that Randy Quaid we really did lose him in Independence Day. <laughs> Maybe I, I think he really did like join the aliens and they sent back uh, somebody in a human skin suit. I think that. I think that's probably the way we should think about it, even if it's not, you know, technically true. <laughs> All right. It's official, officially canon, then. That's good. Oh. All right, man. Um, let's go ahead and rate this thing. Did we see something scary? Uh, you know, I'm being the horror uncle. I'm going to say yes in that this movie isn't afraid to uh, to to be like gruesome with the zombie kills, uh, either mm-hmm. them taking down a victim or uh, you know uh, someone taking down a zombie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lightly, but I'll say you know him getting chased in the bathroom or whatever. Just pick one. I'll I'll lightly say this movie has legitimate scare chops. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the the thing that scared me the most was when Bill Murray got shot. Yes. Uh, yes. E- even as somebody who normally sees stuff like that coming, I guess I just didn't expect them to kill off Bill Murray in a cameo. <laughs> right, right. And so when he got shot, I, I legit was, it was a, oh my gosh, type of moment for me. Uh, but not only that, but uh, as somebody who is not the biggest fan of clowns, when that big friggin' clown came out at the end, I was like, ah, okay, now you've you've done it. So uh, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think that we did we did see something scary. Okay, we're glad to agree. Um, on a scale of one to ten, where are you putting this one? Uh gosh, man, it's up there. It's really up there. Uh, I guess I'll go seven and a half, man. Okay, yeah, we're we're right on time with each other, man. I I, I agree, seven and a half. Uh, I could lean towards eight, but I think seven and a half is probably the the um the right way to go with it. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Cool. Well, hey, I stumbled onto this today, uh, and I thought I would bring it to to your attention. And I thought we could this would be a fun way to end the show. Um, there is a Halloween quiz on Bing, and it's uh, Halloween, not the movie, just Halloween in general. Okay. And, uh, so I took the I answered the first question, and I haven't answered any of the other ones yet. So I thought you and I could just go through it real quick. There's ten of them. Okay. And we can we can uh, figure out <laughs> we can try to figure out some stuff maybe we didn't know about Halloween before. Yeah, let's do it. So, all right. So the first question is this, Jeff, right? Which root vegetable were jack-o'-lanterns originally made out of? Turnips. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, there, yeah, I'm sorry. There's multiple choice on this. Uh, turnips. Uh, let's see. Parsnips or um, huh, potatoes. Oh, gosh. Uh, I was thinking maybe there was a world where like squash were made into jack-o'-lanterns, but those aren't roots. I guess I'll guess turnips. Yes. Right. Historically, on All Hell's Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips and placed a light in them to ward off the evil spirits. Huh. And they were a lot creepier than the carved pumpkins that we see today. Okay, I guess that, that makes sense. I may try to carve a, what, what was it? Not a radish, uh, a turnip? I may turnip, try to find yeah. a turnip and try to carve it this year. Yeah. So just be thankful, uh, white women, that we're not drinking turnip spice lattes right now. <laughs> Yeah, basic. <laughs> there's uh, a, all right. So, hey, let me second. tell you this story real quick, Derek. You'll get a yeah. kick out of this. Uh, there's a there's an acquaintance of mine. He's a friendly acquaintance. We're not close, but we we share a lot of uh, the same friends, and he just bought a coffee shop. Oh, cool. And his first move was to rename the pumpkin spice latte the basic. Nice. I, I tip my hat to that fellow. Yes. I, I, I'm assuming uh, we've just alienated like half our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm, I'm all right with it. Uh, second question. Uh, Halloween is thought to have originated from which Celtic Harvest Festival? Uh, Beltane, Hogmanay, or Samhain? And I may have jacked all those up. I don't know. Yeah, I think you got the last one right, which is what I'm going to pick. I'm going to go Samhain because that's what the Halloween movies have taught me. Okay. And I'll go with that as well. And that is correct. Look at that. Two for two. 
Uh, Samhain is said to come from the old Irish Four Summers End. Uh, this Celtic festival traditionally marks the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. Huh. It is also believed to be a day when the barrier between our world and the spirit world was easily breached. Yeah, I feel like some of that stuff is, I basically know because I'm a horror fan. <laughs> sure. Question number three. How mo- Oh, Lord, this is going to be bad. How much did Americans spend in 2018 on Halloween candy? Uh, A, over $1 billion. B, over $2 billion. C, over $4 billion. Oh, my gosh. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to play it safe and pick the, m- the middle option. Uh, two billion. Not, uh, two billion. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say that we're a gluttonous uh, sort. I'm gonna say over four billion. Okay. I mean, so, we live in the south. You're probably not wrong. Uh, you're correct. I'm wrong. Over two billion dollars. Okay. Okay. I um, would not bag. have been surprised by over four. <laughs> yeah. Um, bags of bite-sized candy bars and other goodies outfitted in black and orange wrappers really add up. Some folks even splurge and hand out full-size candy. We call them the nice neighbors. <laughs> yeah, those are your start. actual neighbors. Everybody else just <laughs> lives by you. <laughs> Uh, all right. So in the early days of trick-or-treating, what did you get? Uh, what did you do to get a treat? Did you A, dance, B, sing, C, both? Mm, I guess both. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I'm really leaning on my test-taking skills at this point. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. Trick-or-treating has its origins in the Scottish and Irish tradition of goosing? Okay. Geising? Geising. Geising. Excuse me. Uh, typically, children would dress in costume, and after getting a treat of coins, fruits, or nuts, would perform a trick in return, usually a song, a dance, or even a joke. Huh. So, uh, huh? in my next comedy show, every time I make you laugh, I'm going to ask that you bring me some candy. <laughs> Um, okay, so what do you call the fear of Halloween? A, Samhainophobia, B, hemophobia, or C, chirophotophobia? Just because it seems weird, I'm going to go with chirophotophobia. Chiroptophobia, excuse me, chiroptophobia. Yeah, the, that one. I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to go with Sam, Samhainophobia. Okay. And I'm correct, and you're wrong. Attaboy. Uh, the specific phobia of Halloween is called Samhainophobia. It is defined as a persistent fear of Halloween, despite knowing there is no danger. Huh. Okay. So, all right. So I think that we're both at four apiece right now on this one. All right. Uh, which of these would help if you're confronted by a werewolf? Honey, silver, or garlic? Well, that's Come on. Yeah. I'm not sure who wrote this one, but this, that, that question took us down a cliff. So, yeah. silver. Yeah. Uh, most modern fiction describes werewolves as vulnerable to silver weapons, particularly silver bullets. If you don't have any silver in your pockets we hope you run slower than we do oh man uh, <laughs> okay so now they're starting to get easy which historic figure was an influence on the creation of count dracula uh, a prince charles <laughs> actually that's pretty funny uh prince charles b aladdin or c vlad the Impaler. come on now yeah vladi dotty we like to party that's right uh, Braun Stoker incorporated various folklore, mythology, and even some history when he wrote Dracula. The title character's name came from Vlad the Impaler, a fearsome monarch who ruled the Transylvania region of Romania in the 15th century. Vlad's nickname, Dracula, which loosely translates as Son of the Dragon, mm. which is now my new favorite curse word. Yeah, I mean, it's also my next tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Son of the dragon. Um, in folklore, uh, this is question eight. In folklore, if a girl placed an apple she bobbed under her pillow, what would she dream of? Uh, a, her first her first child. B, having 100,000 Instagram followers. Or C, her future soulmate. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate option B there. I'm just assuming because it sounds traditional that it would be her first child. All right. And I'll tell you what, just to be contrarian, I'm going to go with her future soulmate. Yeah. Uh, and I'm correct. Her future soulmate. Okay. Bobbing for apples is a staple of Halloween parties, but the game's origins are rooted in romance. It started out as a British courting ritual, popular among young ladies and their potential suitors. Kind of like The Bachelor, but with apples. Huh. Okay. I had no idea. Uh, Jeff, this is a layup. The mask worn by Michael Myers in the Halloween films was based on whose face? Come on. Yeah. Uh, Captain and, Kirk, baby. That's right. And that was A on that one. The other two was Sean Connery and Clint Eastwood. Okay. So uh, the iconic mask from the Halloween films was originally a Star Trek mask of Captain Kirk, played by Shatner. It was purchased for a bargain of $1.98 at a local costume shop before the production crew spray painted it and widened the eye holes. Did you know that it was bought for $1.98? I knew they had bought it somewhere like you know basically within walking distance yeah uh and i knew that they had modified although i thought i guess in my head if somebody asked me i think i think i read somewhere they turned it inside out before they uh spray painted it but that could be just adding on yeah 
Uh, and finally, the tradition of dressing in costume came from a fear of what? A, winter, B, cats, or C, ghosts. Uh, it's got to be ghosts. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Uh, and we're correct. Yeah. Wearing a costume has roots in both European and Celtic beliefs about ghosts appearing on Halloween. People use masks and other gear to disguise themselves in the hope they would be mistaken for a fellow spirit so ghosts would leave them alone. Huh. Okay. So there you go. There you go. You can't trick us, man. That's right. We might not know. I mean, I may not know bobbing for Apple stuff, but if it's actually connected to scares, come on now. Yeah. So congratulations. I think what you got eight out of 10 on that. I think I did the same. Yeah. So well done. You have scarily good knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I think that's going to put a bow on this one for, uh, for how, or excuse me, <laughs> for zombie land. And, uh, then we'll be back here next week for zombie land. Double tap. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, pretty pretty excited to go see this one, man. I, I, hopefully, I'll have the chance to, to watch it sometime this weekend, and hopefully, I'll be able to go to the theater uh, that has no name um, <laughs> to be able to go see it. Thanks for serving us without uh, mentioning mentioning that that place. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I try my best not to rub it in. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, you guys know the deal. Uh, what do you think of Zombieland? Let us know. You can go to We Saw Something Scary on Facebook and join the Facebook group and talk to us all about what you liked and disliked about the Zombieland movie. Let us know if you're going to watch Zombieland Double Tap this weekend. Um, also, let us know if there's any other future movie recommendations that you would love for us to do. Uh, as always, if you're new to the if you're new to our program, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can go back and. And listen to all of our archives. Uh, you can listen to uh, what we're on, like what 120 episodes yeah. right now. Yeah. So there's uh, all sorts of good content. Uh, chances are, if if there's a horror movie that you're thinking of, chances are we've reviewed it, and you can take a look at it from there. Uh, if you would like to uh, join us in making this podcast the best that it can be, you can look at our Patreon. It's patreoncom podcast. There are four different tiers that you can partner up with us on and we would love for you to think about contributing to that uh, if you don't want to give monetarily the other best way to help us out is to go on Apple Podcasts Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud wherever you get your podcast, and give us those coveted 5 star reviews. It is 5 star season and we need those things to grow our audience and you are the way to help us do that. That's everything, right? Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to get better at being our uh, pitch man. So uh, hopefully I'm doing my job. You're doing a great job. Thank you very Good much. Good job you. <laughs> He's at Right Jeff. I'm at Derek Zoo, and we are out of time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, remember Rule 32. Enjoy the good things. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye-bye, man. Bye.